and welcome in to another episode of Facts Not Feelings with your host, Brooke Furnest. Each week, I sit down with experts in their respected fields as we discuss how we can move this wonderful automotive industry forward by differentiating facts from feelings. We dive into my guests' secrets to success and how they got to where they are today. All right, let's jump in. Hello, 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 everyone. We have officially made it to Friday, which, man, it's it's been a long week. <laughs> and that's coming off of, I was in, on vacation, and that's coming off vacation. So I kept asking, I got back on Tuesday night, I think it was, and I, it's Friday, and I go, man, I feel like it's been like three weeks into one week. But hey, it's all worth it, because to my right, to your left, however you're sitting, we have Kaylee Filio, a man am I excited. Not only because she is incredible at what she does, she's a freaking brilliant mind, but because she is another kick-ass female in the industry. A man, we need more, more people like you. So I'm so, so, so excited to have her on the show today. And honestly, you all should be too, because man, you're, we're gonna be dropping some massive knowledge. Well, I'm not gonna be, because my guests do all the talking for me, because that's why they come on the show, to make us all better. So with that, Kaylee, we're going to kind of just tell us a little bit. Well, actually, before that, I'm going to embarrass you just a little bit here. <laughs> so hang with me for a little bit here. So the other, I think it was about maybe a week ago, you had posted, a, everyone knows my subway story. Now, I didn't know your subway story. So when we spoke, I think it was last week, you got into that a little bit, which I do want to get into that just so everyone can hear that that didn't hear because I was one of, I think, the one of one that hadn't heard the story. And so I am excited that, that other people can hear this but you've been around for a little over a decade and it just seems like you've just burst it on the scene. And as I said earlier, maybe a little bit like a wrecking ball. So of <laughs> course, you know that we're going to have to tee up this right here. Of course, we're going to have to tee up this. Yes. And then to make a little bit more fun of this, we're going to have to do this one as well. So yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you have like, you're everywhere. And I think we first met at digital dealer, like just really, quick and passing. Yeah. And I, I think both of us were meeting a gazillion people. So we circled back and I just, you know, the minute I met you, it was just you're the same online as you are in person. And then you got into everything that you're doing. So I'm going to turn it over to, to you just a little bit of how you got in this industry, what you're doing now. You've got a podcast. You're like I said, you're, you're everywhere right now. So tell us a little bit about what you're doing and who you are and what parts edges and a little about just about, like I said, with everything you're doing right now. Thank you. Thank you for that. That that was really fun. I haven't heard anyone say like a wrecking ball. <laughs> that was awesome. I mean, it feels kind of like that because I've been around for a while and I've been working for Parts Edge or with Parts Edge for about 10 years. There's a little bit of a break that I took in the middle, but I count overall 10 years because, you know, I was younger and had to venture off and do other things and figure out what I really wanted to do. The subway story, yeah, I always joke that everyone knows it because I feel like I tell it all the time. My my bosses, the founders of Hearts Edge, were my regular customers. So the subway restaurant that I was managing was in the same parking lot as our offices are in San Diego. That subway was built, built from scratch. So I was part of the team to, to help recruit and train all the people and manage that whole store and bring it up from nothing basically because it was a new location and I was fairly young I was 17 I was still in high school when I was building this with with the owner they were my regular customers they came in every day and we just really got to know each other they asked me if I knew anyone that was looking and 
they were actually asking me what right over my head when they told me I was like I don't I don't know, maybe I don't know anyone. <laughs> and then it got me thinking like, you know, I'm going to college. I don't know if I'm ready to buy a subway or what that whole thing looks like. So, you know, I was like, I, I would like to explore this. So I uh, took the position with them and the operations. So I got to learn our day to day, what we do for parts managers and the data and all of that. And although it was great and I loved it, I was discovering that I really have a passion for sales and marketing and wanted to get into that aspect of the business. So that's why I left for two years and kind of got that experience somewhere else and took it back to Parts Edge and developed the marketing and sales because there wasn't really any at all. So yeah. And I think it's how often that happens, whether it's a communication error that it's, hey, where we think I go back, there was a, there's a friend's episode where Chandler and Monica are talking. He goes, you know, what if I didn't unpack my stuff here? And she's like, well, well then, then you're all, all your clothes will be here. And he's like, how about if I tell you exactly what I mean? And there's no more guessing that I want to move in with you. And it's like too often that we're trying to communicate something with someone. And you're like, why are you not, why can't I just communicate this? So you are like, no, how about you come work for us because we want you to work with us because you're incredible. <laughs> so <laughs> I know. I think they were trying to be polite too. Cause it was like my workplace, but yeah, no. <laughs> They're like, check here. If you want to come work with us, check. No, if you don't, how about that? <laughs> yeah, yeah no, I love it. And I didn't even know what these guys did. I just knew they, you know, were business owners and, and I was like, these guys, what do, I wonder what they do. And then once I learned, I really was like, this is really cool. And that's why I was like, I want to come and sell and do the marketing for you guys. Cause I don't, I believe in what we do. And there's, there was nothing there to really support that. And that's what I really was like, I want to help do that. And so, so you went from there and then the podcast, which is the parts girl podcast, mm -hmm. you've been doing that now. I, I want to say 12 or 15 episodes. Is that about, about right? right? So about two months, two to three months. So I was launching every other Friday, but due to having so many guests, I was like, I need to do it every Friday. So I'm launching it every Friday, a new episode. Yeah. That's been fun. And if anyone hasn't listened to it, one, go listen to it. It's also, and I'm going to, in the show notes as well, uh, we're going to throw this up there just in case you haven't, if you're not looking at the show notes, you can go follow this link here. Like any of the guests, search it, click on it, whatever in the show notes, that's going to take you to everything about Kaylee and about Parts Edge. And, and they're obviously going to take you right to her podcast. You can go look at it obviously all, as well. It's going to have YouTube, you can go view her. I love when I went actually go, went and looked at your podcast and it, when you have the show description, Everyone does this differently. And there's, I won't say there's a right way. There is a right way. And there is a wrong way for people on how they do descriptions. Cause sometimes you're like, so I'm sorry, what is it you do? <laughs> I, I don't know what your podcast is about. And you go through, I'm just going to read some of the lines that you have in your podcast, just for anyone out there. Once again, sometimes you may think, oh, it's about parts. Oh, that's going to be so boring. It's not. You're not, I'm going to call bullshit on that one because once again, here's a couple lines from it is that even if you aren't in the industry, you read like, you're going to read this intro and be like, dude, I want to watch, I want to listen to this right now. You're going to level up the way we do business in the auto industry. You gain insights into the wins and struggles from the automotive professionals. You'll leave feeling motivated, challenged, and ready to implement lessons that will make your dealership stronger than ever. 
man, even if you're not in the auto industry, like, man, I want to go listen to that right now. Like go <laughs> listen to her podcast. Like the, just like those three little bullet points right there of things about your podcast, go listen to it. So huge plug for you. Go, go listen to her yeah. stuff right now. So yeah, yeah, that was yeah. my fear. Naming at the parts girl podcast. I'm like, I don't want everyone to feel like we're only going to talk about parts. I mean, obviously I want more parts people to join and talk about parts, but I had to name it the parts girl podcast. Cause that's like how everyone knows me. So <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. I loved, I love those, the, like I said, just the description alone. And, and that's sometimes half the battle is when you're, when you're doing something in the social world, especially on podcasts is, is nailing that description. Remember I was having a, a, another individual look at some intriguing things, having the helpful criticism, uh, constructive criticism. And then he's like, Hey, you just need to tweak some things here. And I was like, Hey, thank you so much. And I'll get yours. I was like, boom. Wow. It's just it's so spot on. So great, great job with that. So, all right. So let's circle back here a little bit. So you, not only are you doing parts edge, you, you know, killing it there. You've got the podcast. I think the most important title is mom and you've got a, a just an adorable little girl. So yeah, you're, you're killing it there. So you've got both ends of the, of the spectrum of, Hey, I've got, a, I'm doing successful over here. And you're killing it as a mom. So just kudos for that. That's not a not an easy task to do that. So two thumbs up no, on that one. Thank you for that. No, you're so welcome. All right. So let's jump into this a little bit here. So also reading some more on your website, which automatically sparked my interest was for a couple of reasons. One, it literally says on your website, I'm calling it your website because I'm just, nice. it's your website now, your, your marketing. So <laughs> any marketer is like, oh yeah, when anybody has a problem, well, it's your website. I, I didn't, it's not my website, but now it is. So <laughs> it says that it actually states that dealerships, parts departments are responsible for nearly half of the dealership's pros, profits. So my question to you, as I'm sure you get asked this quite a bit, is yeah. how many people actually know this? How much of the industry actually knows this? You know, I feel like a lot of people know this, but they don't show it maybe is the right way to say it. Like we all know that parts and service generates nearly half of the dealership profits and, and, the, and the dealer actually owns the inventory, the parts inventory, where it's an actual cash investment that the dealer has made. I just, you know, I feel like more people need to really treat it like it is, is the thing is, I think a lot of people know it but we need to act like it maybe is the right way to say it. <laughs> no, I a hundred percent agree. So I guess how, what is the, how is parts edge going out and educating the industry, the dealerships, the managers, the, the old dinosaurs managers and employees about this. So we're, we're going, the, I mean, the clients that we work with, we are showing them their, their true, their true data, their true inventory, what it actually looks like, how can they turn it more? How can they make more profit off of it? So really just giving them that guidance, that second set of eyes of looking at the inventory makes a huge difference. Cause I think that the DMSs do a really good job. They just, there's just so much data going on that there it's, I think managers have a hard time really drilling down of what is exactly is important and what they actually really need to look at is the the biggest thing. And I don't want to say all managers are like that, but I think what I'm finding is that fixed ops directors uh, typically come from service and so they don't have as much of that parts background. So we're helping kind of bridge that gap with fix ops and parts managers to speak that same language and get on the same page of understanding how hard the parts manager is actually working to maintain all of the the inventory and getting them the right parts and, you know, everything that goes with it. 
I love that. So in this, this kind of just dovetails into what you, what I just asked and what you can just answer, but how many stores do you think are maximizing their, their parts potential and how do they go about doing that in a very high level, a high level way? Um, how many are doing that? You know, uh, <laughs> you're, like, oh, work. <laughs> no. you're like all the parts edge customers. How about that? <laughs> yeah. um, no, um, you know, that's the thing is the, the dealerships and parts has always just kind of worked. I've, I think I've mentioned this before is like, you know, the, you, the, there's always this focus on variable and service and bringing in the customers and then the parts will just be there. And a lot of times I think, you don't they don't realize is that the parts manager is working really hard to, or they don't really even understand all of what the parts manager is doing, right? Like what if, what if something happens to that parts manager? And, and then I think the important thing is understanding all of what they're doing because there's so many products and tools and services for service and, and sales. What about the parts manager? And, you know, it's like using really old tools or really old processes that they're spending a lot of time that they really shouldn't be, especially the ones that really understand the process. Yeah. I don't know if I answered your question. Yes. <laughs> I think I went no, off. Yeah, I, I, I totally understand. I totally understand. My, my younger brother and I were in business together uh, many years ago and it was on the body shop collision area. Yeah. And, and he just goes, and it was his first time being in the auto industry. And he goes, I just don't understand why everything is so archaic. And I go, welcome to the auto industry, buddy. <laughs> like, this yeah. is what you have to deal with. Like, it's just constant, your constant battle of trying to take super techie, awesome technology was something that was built in 1940. Like it's just, it, okay, it's not 1940, but you get my idea. It's just very, very difficult. He goes, this is just like, what we're trying to do is, put a man on the moon and we're using a robo. Like this is just so very difficult because nothing is talking to each other. We can't get this yeah. thing to do. He's like, we're just trying to constantly workarounds because this technology just doesn't work. It's like, you got a dot printer. It, it, so hundred percent know what you're talking about there. Totally. And you know, with, with the parts department and the parts managers is a lot of the, the DMS is there. It's for them and it works really well. It just takes a lot of work to, to really get it to advance the way that they're mm -hmm. doing things. So I always give the analogy or the example of like, you wouldn't hire a technician that only use tools from the 1800s. You want them to use the latest tools. The same things for your parts manager. You want them to use the latest tools because they can work faster. They can get the job done better. Same thing with the tech. <laughs> like, It's just one yes. of those things. So before we go any further, Obviously, Parts Edge is helping to maximize the profits to help maxim, maxim, maximize, maximize is my printer. Maximize is what you guys do. <laughs> you just invented a new word, maximize. <laughs> it's a Friday. And for all you know, this could be Tito's. We're not really sure. We're not sure. So how does Parts Edge help facilitate and make that make the entire process more seamless for your clients? So it's a mixture of consulting and, again, going back to the data and, and knowing what you're looking at. We just help them by, because it's not a one-size-fits-all. You know, the markets are different. The, the parts manager's style is different. Their level is different. So we first identify where, where they're at. And then we can always tell, too, based by the, looking at the numbers where, where things can be improved. 
And then we we actually help them implement those changes. So that that's kind of like the consultative side of like we're parts experts, we're DMS experts, we know what you need to do. But then we also help execute what needs to happen. Is I think the biggest difference of a lot of other services out there. Okay, nice, yeah. nice, nice, nice. All right, so obviously the, the se- being able to seamless talk to each other. So I always have that. I always harp on the fact that. It's not just the technology that needs to talk to talk to each other. It's got to be the fact that you've got to physically sells, fix stops, finance. It's everyone that's got to talk to each other. You got to cross train. Mm-hmm. You've got to have all these all these apartments that are literally physically talking to each other. Yes. And I think that's too often that 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 gets overlooked, and it shouldn't. But I mean, I I, I don't know. Maybe I, I know that this this was not even one of the questions. I don't think we even put on here. It's just something that drives me bonkers is that when it comes to fixed stops, it's like, why, why, why is this such a stop talking? Just please talk to each other. I know. So, and I really think it boils down to the leader, the fixed ops director, especially having someone in place to be the, you know, and what I'm seeing a lot, they're getting more involved in our process and our conversations with the parts manager and like even today there was we had a meeting with a client they had their service managers in the meeting with the parts managers so that they understand what the parts managers are dealing with and how can we work together to resolve some of the issues or some of the misconceptions that a service person has of the parts people and vice versa so it kind of like really gets everyone on that same page i mean because all we really focus on is parts but like having them in the room in the conversation is where we can stop that you know divide. <laughs> I yeah, and, and I think it's so important it's a conversation that needs to be continually had over and over again and as anything it stops starts at top and works is all the way it's down and I so yeah, it's just a keep preaching it, keep preaching as I can say keep preaching it. So it's this whole connected retail that needs to selling the car is just the very first portion of the entire life cycle of your customer and it for too often we think that we sell the car and that's the end. No, 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 no. Because that customer is going to keep coming in for service. And if your parts department isn't locked in and we know that over half of your profits coming from parts, come on. We want that customer to continue because all the all the advertising that you're spending to bring in new customers, do you want to keep spending? Like, yes, you're going to have to keep advertising, but your, your fixed office re- is retaining that customer. So, yeah, yeah just don't just my high you're going to have the right parts. Like, you know, you got it. There's yes. a lot of data and a lot of analytics that go into having those right parts for your market. So that's I think there's this assumption that happens that the parts will just be there. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. especially now and how you go about even from a parts department of all the, whether it's a chip shortage or whether it's a what are insert whatever chaos that's going on in the world, <laughs> the communication between all parties of. Hey, you said you had this, whether it's whatever department it is, the communication of all parties saying, Hey, I thought we had this or I overpromised under deliver, but how about over delivering? Hey, this isn't in right now, but we'll tell you when it's in and then doing a video of when it's in. Uh, it was, God, it was probably a couple months ago. We were on a, it was Ian and Jeff's auto hub show and Carol from active engage had a great story of her daughter had her car was in for service and it was an air conditioning issue. And the service department did kudos to them, did a video. Car's great to go. So great job on the video. The problem was air conditioning was never fixed. So they just shot off a video, never thought to say, hey, it wasn't fixed, and just did a canned out video saying it was fixed. 
Now stop, think about it. Let's have a conversation along the ways. Was it fixed? Was it a problem that maybe the parts weren't in? Maybe no one talked to each other. There's just all these different things. If someone would slow down, talk, fix it out. Don't just because a CRM tells you to do something or whatever, yeah. figure it out, then do a process of, but people process product at the end of the day. So yeah, all this technology is great, but are we actually using it correctly? So. I know. I mean, we deal with that with our own processes and our CRM, you know, it's like all the technology is there, but we have to use it correctly to execute. properly. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. So going into, so we've kind of talked about this a little bit, but I don't know mm -hmm. if you want to add more to this is how can, as an industry, how can you better support the parts department and and the fixed op department? In your opinion, what's what are some like take home messages or ways that we can do this to support the parts department better? I would say, I think there's this there's this uh, negativity that happens with parts. There's the assumption maybe that they're lazy or they don't really try hard to get the right parts or whatnot. And I think that we need to get the service to understand what what they're and vice versa. You know, it's not, you know, there's, there's always the parts side too. I'm not saying parts is perfect. I'm just saying like, I think service and I think techs need to understand the, how hard it is to look at a catalog and really figure out there's so many parts. <laughs> we need to communicate better. We need, they need to understand that it's not as simple as that. They need to research and make sure they are ordering the right part. And when the wrong part is ordered, I would assume most people feel really badly about that. They're not like, you know, well, forget it. No, it's, they feel badly when they order the wrong part. So how we can do better is communicate, like we said, cross-training, making sure everyone understands each role. And I think as dealers and upper management, to not assume that the parts manager knows how to do everything or that, how's the right way to say it? Don't assume that they have it all because parts managers personalities is that they, they're just going to take everything on their shoulder and they're going to figure it all out. And you know what? There's not a lot of help for them, but there is. And that's the whole thing. I think fix ops and dealers need to understand is that there is help for them. There is a tool that can help them do their job better and then help you all communicate. That's the biggest thing is everyone on the same page. <laughs> yeah. And then the assumption is always, I think we're so quick to assume the worst in people, assume the best in people. And then if then if something bad happens, okay, then understand that something, a glitch happened. I mean, I was working, even being on the dealership, dealership side of things, the, there was a logistic problem. I think you and I, you and I may have talked about the logistic problem in shipping where it had nothing. The parts department did the right thing. Everyone did the right thing. And the, the shipping, shipping, the trucks decided, yeah. We're not going to tell anybody. We're just going to change where your stuff is on the truck. So instead of always delivering at 7 a.m. or 6 a.m., whatever time it was normally, we're going to now decide we're going to bring your stuff now at 4 p.m. Not yeah. tell anybody. We're just going to now completely change the time, which then screwed everybody up. And this store was like they did a lot, a lot, of, a lot of a lot of ROs, a, a lot of a ton of traffic. We'll just leave it at that. Yeah. So now you've got very, very upset customers. And this was by no fault of the parts manager, no, no fault mm -hmm. of anyone. It was 100% on the shipping company. Yeah. So now you got to unwind a bunch of now, now you're, you're at least a day, at least a day behind. Now they righted it by, you know, getting hold and having some very, I'll call them Brooke four letter words. We like to call them okay. <laughs> dropping some F-bombs, awesome. but they got it right. But it, and this has nothing to do with anybody. So instead of jumping to conclusions that they screwed up, well, it's all their fault. It's always the parks department. Yeah. 
No, they did they everything did. right. Did everything right. That's the thing with shipping is there's so many shipping companies and things, and it's a lot of it's a out of the dealer's hands really a lot of times, and you have to go back to the manufacturer and, and kind of fight that too. Is like you need to change my schedule because <laughs> I'm really large and we're losing customers. So yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. There's there's so many different things that could be, and so instead, like yeah, a hundred percent just. And as always, uh, people have heard me say this a lot, lead with empathy. It's just lead with empathy. Understand this may be something that, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of reasons for things for, to happen. And there's a lot of dominoes that can fall that you have no idea what's going on. So, okay. So with all that's going on, we have technology, we have people, process and product. Where do you see the parts department or where would you like to see it in five years from now? Oh, that's a good question. People ask me that. Um, you know, I think a lot of what we need to do, which I feel like we're already kind of moving in that direction, is parts need to be more accessible online. So there's a lot of great services out there that help dealerships achieve that. It's a lot of work, but it's worth it because let's face it, we need to be online. Um, we need to be able to mark, market our stuff. We have an advantage because we have genuine parts. We People do want those parts and you can only get those at dealerships. So we need to be able to, to be online, I think is where we're heading and already there. Just there needs to be some more advancements, I think. Yeah, I think. And then just, you know, I would love to see more parts managers take advantage of the tools that are out there because I think that they they like to have everything in their control and it's just there's there's tools that can help you (laughs) that's where i'm gonna leave it it. (laughs) i love it i love it i love it okay so before we jump into the lightning round questions for everyone out there where can they find you i know we've got the link up there but for everyone out there so it's on record so they can hear where can our guests find you um well if you're on linkedin look me up on linkedin i spend a lot of time there um and then you know, you can go to our website, partsedge.com. Um, I have a calendar link on there. So yeah, wherever you'd like to, cool. whichever way is easier. <laughs> awesome. And then check out our podcast, obviously. Oh, yeah, and my podcast. Cool. <laughs> yes. yes. Plug that for you. <laughs> okay. So we're going to jump into the wonderful lightning round questions. So strap in, get your coffee, get your tea, whatever you got going for you. I'm going to fire <laughs> these off here. So first and foremost, any advice, what's the advice you would give to another female who either is looking to get into the industry or that is in the industry right now? Oh gosh, what advice. I would say to push through and be be positive and be confident. I think that's where something I've I failed in the beginning where I just wasn't as confident in myself. And I think that's why you're seeing me come in as a wrecking ball. Cause I'm like, you know what? I just need to get out there and stop holding myself back. And I know what I'm talking about. And I, we do a great thing for parts departments. And so I think just working on confidence, cause it is, it is a thing to work on. It's not something, some people have it a little bit more naturally, I guess, but I think confidence is a practice. So get into the industry cause there's a lot of opportunity and be confident. Love it. And I would a hundred percent agree with that. Yeah. And sometimes it, it takes a bit, even when like you're doing, whether it's video things or on social, it it takes a bit to sometimes be comfortable in your own skin. So yes. Great one. All right. What is your favorite thing to do outside of work? Favorite hobby things to do when you're on, when you to unwind? Um, well to unwind, uh, I, I, I actually, I really enjoy being alone. Um, 
I'm a loner. So I like to go to hot yoga. That's my unwinding and I haven't done it probably in about a month and I'm feeling it because it really helps mentally. And, and with, if anyone's ever been to hot yoga, it's, you don't talk to anyone. You just lay there and try not to die because it's hot. <laughs> <laughs> try Bikram yoga. Try not to die. Love it. Try not to pass out. No, um, it's really not that hard. Well, it is hard when you're starting. <laughs> but that's how I unwind. No, no name of the show. Try not to die. <laughs> when you do hot yoga. Um, but yeah, no, the challenge of it though is just, it does something mentally and it's awesome. And I need, I wish I could do more of it. But anyways, that's my unwinding. And then like for fun hobbies, spending time with my family, we like to be, you know, go off-roading and kayaking and just be outside camping. So that's probably my hobbies. Um, nice. Okay. nice. I like it. I like it. And, yeah. and thank you for staying alive. I, I appreciate you doing that. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Favorite vacation spot. Oh gosh. Well, I don't take vacation very much. I feel like oh, I no. really we're going to have to change that first off. Well, I'm actually going on vacation for the first time in a while yes. next week. So that has been planned for a while. So I guess tropical beach stuff, that's what I like. So we're going to Mexico because it's not very far from here. And we're going to sit on the beach and relax. And I'm really excited. And I'm bringing my mom because she's never really taken a vacation, like in her 52 years. Like she, they didn't, my parents never went on a honeymoon and we've what? lived in San Diego like my whole life, but you know, the beach was there, but like vacation, we never took advantage of that. So I'm like, okay, mom, you're coming to Mexico with us and we're going. We're changing this right now. Come on. Seriously. My mom's like my best friend. So it's going to be fun. No. Okay. All right. Very <laughs> nice. Very nice. Okay. Okay. So, all right. So we've done vacation and everything that you do, this can be in personal life or in business. What is something you're constantly having to distinguish facts from feelings and what you do? Oh, that's a, that's a tough question. And if, oh, I know no. you asked that to everyone, but <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I knew this one was coming too. <laughs> I even thought about it too. I'm like, what am I going to say? Facts and feelings. So I don't really know how to answer that question. So I feel like, you know, when you, it's a feeling like, you know, you can feel it in your heart, you can feel it, you know, and that's, I think that's the, how you distinguish, like, is it your mind trying to figure it out and process things or is it your heart? Are you moving with your heart? So I think that's the biggest thing is you can feel it <laughs> deep down. That's how you can distinguish between facts and feelings. I think okay. that's how I'm going to answer the question. I'll take it. Okay. There's, there's not a wrong answer to this. So it's, it's like, everyone's different. So we'll, <laughs> we'll take it. All okay. right. All right. So I would say at this point, what you're doing, everything you're doing, I consider you a disruptor in the industry. So what is the hardest or best lesson you've learned at this point throughout your career? Oh, I knew that one was coming too. And I think I kind of already mentioned it with like having the lack of confidence. I always, yeah, like the, the hardest thing I learned was, you know, to, uh, talking to parts managers and first getting started and, and not having that confidence and you know, I would, and then I got to a point where, you know, I was like, you know, I know what I'm talking about. And then I would still, they would still question me. I would still get that, you know, and I'm like, okay, are you questioning me because I'm a female or because I don't sound like I know what I'm talking about? I don't know. But I think that's the biggest thing is I let that hold me back. I held on to those, those tiny 
instances because it didn't happen that often, but it did. And I would just, you know, like harp on it. And I've learned, you know, and that's what being in sales too, is I've learned how to really let it go and, you know, shake it off. Cause I'm like, well, that person doesn't need my help. I'm not going to force someone, you know, I'm just going to share the information. If it's there, it's there. If it's not, then, you know, I can't force it. So that's, I think the biggest thing I've learned is to, you know, not let those assholes tear me down so yeah the same people that want to give you advice the same people that are tearing you apart either behind your back or even online it's just it's it's very interesting i had a conversation with someone about that just last week i go those same people are pretending to be someone else online and then they're behind you yeah yeah i'm like just just be careful where you're getting advice yeah yeah people are telling you stuff being on yeah. social media too. Yeah. Identifying. And that goes with facts and feelings too, right? You, you can channel, ugh, I can't talk. You can, t- you tend to be able to feel a vibe from someone. Mm-hmm. So once you get that, trust that instinct. Yeah. Right? The biggest thing. Yeah. That gut instinct is, and that's another thing I've, 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 you know, even when it's like, Oh, it's a feeling like, well, it is, but that's your gut telling you something. Then that will true. That will prove to be true and a fact later on. So it's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think your gut is, I agree. Your gut knows. <laughs> Don't go against it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. never yeah. go against that. That will, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Do you have a favorite car? Oh, that's a good question. You know, I'm a Toyota lover, so right now okay. I'm loving my Forerunner. Oh, it's such a great car. Oh, I have a '97, so I have a really old Forerunner. That's like the that's a great year. The '90 the '90 Forerunners that was like the those are the best years of the Forerunner in my opinion. That's what so everyone said, and I really really like it. The only thing I'm like not loving is the cup holder situation because it's like older, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like it doesn't fit my giant water bottle, but <laughs> that's okay. It's yeah, fun. It to yeah, it does not fit that. So, hey, we have to match it. <laughs> Ta-da! <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I love the Forerunner, and it's all decked out to go off-roading. Because I'm like, I love off-roading, and I love driving. I don't like sitting in the passenger seat. So I like, that's my toy. <laughs> nice. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay, so we'll, we're going to finish up with, do you have a favorite quote? If not, we'll finish up another one. No. I mean, there's okay. a yeah. All right. Advice you give your younger self. Oh, okay. I've been asked that recently, actually. I think, because I, I feel like you never, I never want to go back because I feel like I'm where I am because I'm supposed to be where I am and all the hard work and everything. But if I were to go back, I would probably tell myself to be a little bit wiser with money and the way saving and just, you know, I'm, getting older now and I'm like man I've made a lot of money and I started working really young and I'm like what did I do <laughs> you know I, I mean I, I have a home I have like I'm stable but I'm just like man I, I wish I would have done things a little bit differently but that's okay like I'm okay with it but that's I guess what I would do to go back and I would probably tell myself to uh, spend more time with my dad because he's gone now and yeah I think I would have do- done things a little bit differently in the, the past five years that he was alive those are it's yeah it's i always will say like tomorrow's never promised and i think when you've especially when you've lost a loved one i mean because death affects affects all of us when it's someone like very very close to you it's how quickly those moments you're like hey i don't think you quite understand never hang up without saying i love you always take a chance to be with someone especially if you have a chance to physically be in the same room with them just never ever ever pass up a chance like it's life is so short and people say that but until you really 
it sinks in your head and your in your heart. Life is very, very short. Yeah. Happens, you're like, oh, mm -hmm. okay. which I, mm -hmm. I didn't know it was coming. I felt it, but um, mm -hmm. I didn't want to believe it either, you know, because he's so young. Well, that, those are the state. It's like that denial is that first stage of like, uh, no, he, he's going to get better or whatever the circumstances mm -hmm. is like, no, it's not going to happen. It'll be, you know, and it's just, it's human nature. We all, we all do it, my friend. We all do it. Yep. Yep. We all do it. But I, um, uh, that whole, all that experience has helped me and grown as a person. And I, you know, I always go back to it because I'm like that, that really, that experience really changed me and made me better for who I am. So, yeah, yeah no. And that, and as you said, our experiences make us who are, who we are. And I, I agree with that as well as that, you know, it's not regret. You just learned that, Hey, if I did go back and change anything, not that I would, cause it makes me who I am. You know, I've yeah. learned from that, that I can pass that. I don't know if it's wind stuff. I'm not that wise, but I, I can pass that on to someone else and say, Hey, don't make, learn from me. Don't make the mistakes that I made, or even not that it was a mistake, but just learn from me and hopefully yeah. can make your life better. So yeah. yeah, that's exactly what it is. Agreed. Awesome. Well, it's been such a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much for being on the show. So appreciate everyone. I know I already said this, but go check out her podcast. If you're not on parts edge, what are you doing? Get with the times, get off your Excel sheet or whatever you're using. Get with the times, call her up, check her out. You've got her information now. I've thrown up on the screen like 20 times at this point. It's in the show notes and you know what's going to happen next week. I'm going to be posting again. So I'm going to keep just badgering you with it. So go check her out. Thank you very much. Come on now, people. Let's go. Thanks. All right. You're so welcome. And as always, as always, as I get a little bit more serious here today, everyone is always, you know, find a way to serve today, find a way to go help someone. I don't care what you do. Like as always, it can just be a kind smile. You can open a door from someone, just find a way, some way to serve your fellow human being, your neighbor today. And with that, everyone, we're going to sign off. Thank you as always. So appreciate everything you, you do for the industry and it's your constant upbeat personality. So appreciate it. So appreciate it. And everyone will see you all next week. Thank you. Thank you. listening to facts not feelings with brooke furness thank you for taking the time to listen if you haven't already go ahead and hit that subscribe button leave us a rating if you know a friend or a colleague will benefit from today's episode share it with them until next week find a way to serve someone find a way to help your neighbor remember we are all in this together